Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. Let's take a break from our series narrative and listen to my participation as part of a roundtable of podcast historians. The topic involved history on film. If I could produce a big-budget movie about any historic person, who would it be? Join me as I attempt to convince my fellow historians of the Parthenon Podcast Network that George Washington has what it takes to be an exciting modern-day action-adventure hero. Hollywood is calling and the top producers have a huge task. They want to know what movies history podcasters want to make. The sky is the limit. You can make a movie based on any historical event or character you desire. What will it be? We are here to find out what movies some of the top history podcasters in the genre today would choose to produce if they were given this amazing opportunity. We are joined today by Mark Vinette, host of two great podcasts, The History of North America and Historical Jesus Podcast, Scott Rank, host of the History Unplugged podcast, and Richard Lim, host of This American President podcast. So we'll go through each one of our podcasters is going to make their pitch for their movie and describe it. And then as any good pitch meeting will go, the rest of us will try to pick all the faults in their particular choice of movie. So we're going to start off today with our rookie and our first person to join us in the Parthenon Podcast Roundtable, Mark Vinette of the History of North America Podcast and Historical Jesus Podcast. Well, thank you so much, Steve. If I could produce a movie about any historic event or figure, what or who would it be? Gentlemen, I give you George Washington. Woo! There's never been... Yep. I know I'm stepping a bit on your toes, Richard, and I hope you don't mind. No, all good. There's never been an A-plus Hollywood production on Washington, similar to the film Lincoln, with Daniel Day-Lewis and a slew of big-name actors like Tommy Lee Jones and Sally Fields. I think Washington deserves the Steven Spielberg treatment, who directed Lincoln. Staying away from the cradle-to-grave biopic formula, I would focus instead on one particular period in George Washington's life with flashbacks to his early adventures. Although I'm well aware that no such film could or would be made in this present-day statue-toppling era, this roundtable has given me the opportunity to dream big so American history can once again be celebrated on film. The title I would go for is simple, Washington. That's it. That's all. The plot of the movie begins and ends in Newburgh, New York on March 15th, 1783, during the waning days of the American Revolution, with flashbacks covering the main events of 51 years of Washington's life from birth to 1783 including the traumatic death of his father in 1743 when he was just 11 years old. In 1751, while still a teenager, he embarked on his only trip abroad when he accompanied his older, beloved brother Lawrence to Barbados, hoping the climate would cure his brother's tuberculosis. Washington contracted smallpox during that trip, which immunized him, but left his face slightly scarred. Lawrence, unfortunately, died in 1752, and Washington leased the Virginia plantation Mount Vernon from his widow. 
he inherited the property outright after her death in 1761. Now, as a young man in 1753, Washington was appointed a special envoy on behalf of the British to the Ohio Valley to deal with the French and Iroquois Indians. The next year, he was promoted to lieutenant colonel and second-in-command of the 300-strong Virginia Regiment, with orders to confront French forces at the forks of the Ohio, which sparked the French and Indian War. His harrowing adventures during this campaign transformed him, in my opinion, into a modern-day action hero who escaped near death on several occasions. These escapades could effectively be put on film by a talented director like Steven Spielberg. At age 26, he married Martha Dandridge Custis, the 27-year-old widow of a wealthy plantation owner, and proceeded to become one of the richest men on the continent. As a prominent community political leader, he participated, as we all know, in the leading up to the revolution and was appointed commander-in-chief in 1775 of the colonial forces. And the rest, as they say, is well-known revolutionary history that could be dramatically captured in a thrilling, action-packed popcorn flick. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So, as mentioned, the film would be set in Newburgh. George Washington's 1783 Newburgh Address was one of the most important and dramatic speeches in his military career. The soldiers who gathered in Newburgh were tired, bloody, homesick, and unpaid. They were also on the brink of mutiny. Prior to Washington's speech, the soldiers had circulated petitions criticizing the Continental Congress and contemplating widespread insubordination. When Washington heard of these mutinous rumblings, he was horrified. A large-scale mutiny by American soldiers would shatter the public's confidence in the military, vindicate Great Britain's skepticism about the American experiment, and tarnish the young nation in the eyes of the world. Explaining his decision to address the soldiers in Newburgh to Alexander Hamilton, Washington wrote, I was obliged to rescue them from plunging themselves into a gulf of civil horror from which there might be no receding. On March 15, 1783, Washington delivered this address to the senior officers of the Continental Army. In his speech, Washington emphasized many themes that he returned to throughout his career including the importance of public duty, honor, civilian control of the military, and civic Republican virtue. At a key moment in the speech, also to be the key moment of my film, Washington reached into his pocket and revealed for the first time that he had begun wearing glasses, saying, Gentlemen, 
you will permit me to put on my spectacles, for I have grown not only gray, but almost blind in the service of my country. Many soldiers apparently were moved to tears in this dramatic moment, and that is how I would end the movie. When I look back at the movies, miniseries, and TV shows that featured George Washington in the past, it's almost disappointing. It's mostly disappointing. Portrayals of the general prior to the 1980s were mostly one-dimensional, reverential cameos or statuesque walk-on parts, as was the case for Jesus, for example, prior to the 1960s. Remember Ben-Hur with Charlton Heston? They never even show the face of Jesus. It wasn't until 40 years ago that Washington finally got his first real, full-length biopic treatment. But the 1984 miniseries that chronicled his life has not aged well, and although actor Barry Bostwick possessed Washington's physical attributes, he lacked his gravitas, bearing, and stature. Talented actress Patty Duke was excellent, by the way, as his wife Martha. In the 2008 HBO series John Adams, Washington's portrayal by American actor David Morse was interesting, but not great. A solid B-plus, but not an A-plus. Although I enjoyed the recent TV series Turn, Washington Spies, American actor Ian Kahn's portrayal was a little too politically correct and overly sensitive for me. The real General Washington was a tough dude and action-adventure hero, not some whimpering, introspective, soul-searching soy boy. My choice of actors for my big-budget blockbuster would include or could have included Liam Neeson or Hugh Jackman, but they are too old for the flashback sequences featuring a young Washington. Oppenheimer star Cillian Murphy is an interesting choice, but he's only 5 feet 7 inches tall, while the real Washington stood an impressive 6 feet 2, which is quite tall for the time period. Swedish actor Alexander Skarsgård makes for an interesting choice, but my ultimate pick would be the dashing 40-year-old 6 feet 1 British actor Henry Cavill, aka Superman who also appeared in the excellent The Tudors TV drama. My choice of female actors or actresses, and I never know if we should call women actors or actresses. I guess it's like pronouns. That's a bit confusing. Anyway, English actress Kate Beckinsall is a favorite of mine, but entering her fifth decade, she is too old for the flashback sequences featuring a young Martha. At 40, Emily Blunt makes for an interesting choice, and so does young British Oppenheimer actress Florence Pug, who has the diminutive stature of Martha, who as a girl of 18 was about 5 feet tall, no more, dark-haired, and she was gentle of manner. Emma Watson, of Harry Potter fame, may not have the acting chops to pull it off, but I always find her easy on the eyes. My ultimate pick, however is the talented British actress of Game of Thrones fame, Amelia Clark, who I think would make a wonderful wife to the father of the American nation. So there you have it, gentlemen. Oh, and by the way, I would hire Richard Lim as the film's historical consultant. I appreciate that. Join me next time to hear how my fellow roundtablers reacted to my big and bold movie proposal. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride.
Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.